Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. But that in the office when we were handing them out. What, what's it called? A stress wiener. Excellent. Yeah. What's up, Dog Speak Geeks? Guess who's back? Brittany's back. Back, back again. again. <laughs> well, that was weird. I mean, y'all heard her right there at the beginning. It's good to have you back. Thanks. How long's it been? It's been a few weeks. A few weeks? It's been longer than that. I feel like it's been a few months. It's been a long time. I've missed it. And it's, you know, I'm glad you're back. Well, what are we talking about today? Well... We got such a good response. <laughs> I mean, I, you're making me follow Julie Roberts. I know. I, I, well, I mean, there's nothing I can do that was as good as that. No, I mean, you're drinking, so what, you're that halfway there. doesn't mean anything. It was such a good episode. <laughs> it was a good episode. And, and what's really sad is that we talked for another two hours and 15 minutes after that episode. I recorded it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost it. That is so sad. That's real sad. It's very sad. Um, but as we talked about um, last week, uh, we are, I'm starting a new podcast with her. That's fun. So it's going to be fun. We're going to drink in the middle of the day and record episodes. I love that. I love that. Can I just like send in some requests? Absolutely. For, like, topics? Absolutely. Because we're going to need topics with my brain. Like how she has a song that she co-wrote with Waylon Jennings. Oh, I know. Your personal little, favorite. You're a little nerdy on that one, aren't you? Oh, I know. It's awesome. So I've got, this is totally off topic. Okay. Dog speak. But you know, I this this thing I have over here on the wall framed. Yes. Is from Waylon's uh, memo pad. It's a, a page from his memo pad um, that a classmate at Belmont gave to me. Um, his his family, I think I probably told the story before, but his family was close to the Jennings and uh, to Jesse and, and Waylon. Wow. And 
he like came like went home one night, came back to class, and he's like, "Here, this is from Waylon's memo pad." How that sweet was on his desk. Yeah, I was like, "It's got amazing. his name on it." What is t- what does it say exactly? It says, uh, "If I can't go down rocking, I ain't going down at all." Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so there anyway, you go. That is uh, one of my favorite things like anybody's ever given me. I know. And it's a fucking piece of blank paper. I know, but it's <laughs> it's Waylon. Don't you have something like Dolly with that? Didn't uh, you get Dolly, something with Dolly? Yeah, I've got Dolly up here. Um, so I thought you got something like from Dolly's. So Dolly was getting her nails did in uh, where she goes in Nashville. And my roommate at the time worked next door. And she ran over there. It was the sweetest thing. And she's like, my best friend loves you like and bless her didn't ask for like an autograph for herself asked for one for me which is so sweet that is sweet uh she and then she realized dolly after the fact that she was an idiot she said yeah she had her bodyguard there and everything she was the sweetest human and she's like girl let my nails dry and i'll run it next door to you and lo and behold she did because you know she keeps dolly eight, for president eight by tens on her person well, as she should at all t- but she spelled my name correctly and that's amazing to me that means a lot it should <laughs> it should there are a million ways to spell Brittany, and she She's, got it she got it right she got it right it's pretty awesome other than that you know yeah i kind of geek out about those things that's all right you can do that yeah so anyway. i mean i totally geeked out when i found out julie was in my class and then, then we became friends. So congratulations. And now she's on like one of my best friends. Your new podcast, your new podcast venture. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's the full breakdown. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, we're excited. We uh, we start recording on Wednesday. Cool. But that means I, I've got to get, I got to get on track, though, to get these done weekly. Oh, I don't want to go sure. bi-weekly on these. And right now, lately, sure. we've been doing bi-weekly. We got to get on it. Well, you know, we've had a lot going on. We have had a lot and going on. Twenty twenty three has been kind of crazy, but uh, <laughs> hey, that's all right. It's a March. Lot of adjustments, a lot of changes. Uh, one of my favorite months of the year. Softball's back, and uh, my birthday is this month. So St. Patty's Day, which St. Patty's you Day, love. which is my holiday. Spring, spring's around the corner. So yeah, it's um, good times. Good and things. Six thirty, and it's and still it's light. So light outside. Because Praise. I'm really sorry for y'all that hate losing an hour. But it is. I've got to one have my, this light. It is one of my favorite days. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love it. I'll lose an hour all day long just, to get light. Yep. Same. I need sun. Um, but you know what else spring brings? What's that? Kittens and puppies. Kittens. Kittens are demonic. Kittens. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> kittens are born left and right in the spring. That is true. Um, which is. My segue of going into the episode. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, we had such a good response of the um, the post that I put up about dogs and cats together mm-hmm. and coexisting. And somebody was asking for an episode. So here you go. Awesome. Look, y'all, y'all say things I like to respond. Let's so, do it. You know, so we're going to talk a little bit about dogs and cats. Now, we personally, we have three cats and two dogs. Mm-hmm. And they all get along great. I've had uh, cats with my Rotties since I've had them. Like they've always plus. had their own my, kitten, yep, right? My Rotties always had their own kitten. So Trace, 
Um, he had Nala. She, sorry, Trace. <laughs> she, I think, had Nala. And um, Mufasa had Storm. Mufasa wasn't my Roddy. He was my pity for a while, but he loved Storm. And then, um, really, Teba had Amethyst. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the day that Teba and Trace and I went to meet Amethyst at the shelter. I met a couple of cats that day. Um, and I was looking specifically for cats that could actually, I wanted a cat that would grow up in my facility. I had mm-hmm. my facility at the time. And so we tested, you know, a few cats. And of course, once we would, if they worked out, then we'd bring the Roddies in and let the cat meet and see how it happened. And Amethyst was phenomenal. And I'll never forget, we were in my truck, Spruce Am, which is an explorer. And we had Amethyst and a kitten carrier in the back. And I'm not sure what she was saying to Teba, mm-hmm. you know, my sweet Rottweiler, but she was like, can I come sit up front with you? Because this cat is about to kill me. I don't know what happened, but it was really cute. Tiba was like, oh, oh, but they ended up being great. And Amethyst mm-hmm. actually found, had several friends that would come to daycare mm-hmm. uh, because she did grow up in my daycare. Um, she found friends at the daycare that she played with. She ran agility. She would, um, if I didn't lock her away correctly, during agility classes, she would come in and run through the class and the dogs would go crazy because not every dog was cat friendly. Well, obviously. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And then, of course, Dayan had um, Amethyst as well until Amethyst passed. And then she ended up with Gemma. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and now I think all the cats love Little Man. Yeah. It's really cute. So, for me, knowing I'm always going to have a dog. And knowing I want to have cats, I have to make sure that the cats can handle the dogs. Because I know I can work with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people may not... I think that when they go to pick out like a dog or a cat, and they already have one or the other, I don't think they're taking in as much consideration of that other. Mm-hmm. Right? So, if you have an established cat in the household, then you need to be very careful on what kind of dog you bring in and knowing the history. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but it truly is best to bring in a puppy. Yeah. You know, a young adolescent dog that does not have prey drive issues. <laughs> but at the same time, you got to have a cat who's going to be confident and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you have a cat, that lives in the house that you don't see very often, or if people come over, you never see them. Like people come over and don't even know you have a cat. That may not be the right cat for a dog. Right. 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 I've been fortunate enough that I'm all my cats have been pretty social and outgoing because I treat them like dogs. And so I don't know. I don't, maybe I've just been fortunate. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's unfair to a cat who's more of a recluse to bring in something high energy. Like, I mean, I think even another cat, you have to really go into consider, like take that into consideration. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not really fair 
to your kitty. If, no, and I, and I think that's what we—that's ha- not their jam. Yeah, we have know? to really be thinking about it. It's like, yeah. are you, you know, how bad do you really want mm-hmm. a dog? Or if you're going to have a dog in the future, then make sure you pick the right cat that's going to go with a dog later, or vice versa. But I know that a lot of you are probably in situations where maybe you're a blended family. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you start dating someone, and you're the cat person, and they've got a dog, and you know, what do you do? And that's obviously. You're not a cat behaviorist or behavior consultant, but you know what? Do, what do you do in those situations where it's like, all right, well, we got to do something here. Yeah, you know. So there are a few things I want to talk about both sides. So I want to talk about what we need to do with the cats, what we need to do with the dogs, and, and I want to look at this as more of a blended family mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just easier if you're going to have a dog and then you're going to go pick a cat. Again, you need to take that dog with you. If you're going to look at cat's shelter or don't just be picking up a cat off the side of the road um, and hoping it's going to work. If it's a kitten, you might can make it work, right? But again, your dog needs to have some manners and your dog needs to have some control. Mm -hmm. So so when we're looking like blended families, well, let's just start with the, the thought of we've got a dog. We're having a cat coming into the household, whatever the reason may be. Um. Both animals have to have expectations set, and both animals need to have uh, some verbal cues and commands that they can follow. Yeah, um, people think that you can't train cats, um, but that's totally not true. I mean, mm-hmm. cats can be trained very well. Uh, like I said, my cat ran agility. Um, I wish I'd had a video camera back then and recorded that. And ours were crate trained. Ours were crate trained, which I put one of those videos up. Yeah. I think I did TikTok or something. But mine were cat. Uh, they were crate trained. And even Steve, he he comes pretty good when you call him. Mm-hmm. He does come home on curfew, which is really weird. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Y'all, I know we've told the story, but I'm going to tell it again. Steve, my all of our cats are indoor-outdoor cats. Um, I prefer them to be in at night. Um, Indy is the one that we do allow to sleep out at night because she just really prefers it. Um, and so, which is funny because she's the only cat that was born indoors. Both of the other ones that we got were, that were strays or, you know, trapped in a trap because whatever. But I let her stay out if she wants. But so when Steve goes out, Gemma's now gotten to the point where Gemma does not really want to stay out at night. And if she does, she lays on the front porch. She's gotten to the point she doesn't want to really be outside. She, yeah, she's like, I'll go out. I think she goes out to potty quite a bit. Like she'll go out with the dogs to potty. Yeah. And then she comes in. And she comes in. And but Steve, when he goes out, I have to give him a curfew because I don't want him being out all night. He's got some sketchy family members up the street where he came from. And I don't want him, you know, I just I want to make sure that he doesn't go down the wrong path. So I have to give him a curfew, and the curfew's different every night depending on what time he goes out, what the weather's like. Um, But he's home. 95% of the time, he's home five minutes early. Yeah. And it's really weird. And we do recognize that there's a lot of controversy around indoor-outdoor cats. So we apologize if that's not your jam. Uh, We are in a rural area. Yep. And... it's, and yeah, yeah. I, it is. It, it's a lot of controversy, but my cats. I want to make sure that they are enriched, happy, and you know. So that's that's not, the thing. By and large, not <clears throat> destroying bird. Populations. Not destroying bird populations. No. So again, that's why I don't really want them at night because I don't want them out at night hunting. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So, but as we, as we kind of, as you go through with a dog and a cat, you've got to really have control of both ends. So you have to, you've got to work with the cat too. So many people just want to work with the dog. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I say is that with your cats, you can do a lot of the same things that you do with the dogs, which is condition a verbal marker, um, you know, teach them to respond to it, teach them different, you know, commands, whatever's going to work for you guys and reward that and, and have those markers in place. Uh, my cat was clicker trained. Uh, I did not clicker train these cats, but Amethyst was clicker trained. But it's just about understanding that they need to have expectations. They need to know you have your back. They need to to have commands to where you can have that control. Because here's the thing. If they run, every time they run, your dog's going to chase. It's not fair that the dog gets yelled at mm-hmm. constantly for chasing the cat. Right? It, this is not a one-sided relationship. They both have their responsibilities. The dog obviously needs to have some self-control, some good commands, and be able to, you know place, stay, calm, leave it, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, so we use that's enough quite a bit when Myers, when he was smaller, and he would play a little rough with the cat, mm-hmm. or Steve well, would play rough. Isabella did the same thing, too. Yes, she did. Yeah. And so we had to, we taught them early on as, as puppies how to, you know, how to be interrupted. Because I think if we allow, a lot of times they will find out their ways of relationship. Like Steve will play. Steve will grab a hold of Myers by the neck and like yeah. grab him. Gemma now rubs up against him, but Gemma will run from him to play a game. And Indy just rubs on him. Mm-hmm. But it's really cute to watch how those relationships have formed. Yeah. Isabella was a little rough. She still is. Well, when <laughs> she was playing, well, when she was playing with the cats, <laughs> right? She was a little rough, but th- at the time we still had Dayan and Jake, mm-hmm. so she learned from them too. Yeah, but it's you know, do- they they definitely need to learn how to be respectful, not by screaming and yelling. Because mm-hmm. what happens when we scream and yell at the dogs when the cats are around? We create a negative association. Of the cat. There you go. Yeah. Very similar to what people do when a new puppy comes in. They get mad at the adult dog or the established dog. Mm-hmm. So with the cat, teach some commands. Acknowledge good behavior. Conditioning that verbal marker is important. For the dog, we've got to teach some control. So make sure that you are working on both. Now, let's just say that now we've gotten a little bit of control. How do we get them together? I personally, and I've truly, it's just kind of been one of those things that's kind of trial and error, I think, over the years. I used to have, I used to recommend people put a cat in a crate and let the dog come out. Mm -hmm. But I was only looking at one side of the welfare on that. Right. It's not really fair to the cat. Right. So I think that you could do something like, um, you could still do a containment. Mm-hmm. but it it shouldn't be that scary where the dog's nose is right there in the crate. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that a human needs to be holding the cat while the dog comes up and says hi. No, no not if you don't want scratches. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is what I'm thinking. I like the mesh pop-up um, 
I want to say tent, but it's not a tent. It's like a playpen, mm-hmm. but it's a mesh playpen that's a pop-up so you can see through it, but there's enough room for the cat to move around. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put the, the cat in that, and then I'm going to put a baby gate in between that, and then I'm going to put the dog. Okay. All right, so we have the dog, then we have a baby gate. And then we have the mesh playpen on the other side of the baby gate. So you have a good, I would say at least four to five feet between the dog's tip of the dog's nose to the the playpen area. Okay. This should take two people. I mean, unless you're really good, you could do it. Um, the problem is feeding the cat without letting the cat out. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting positive associations immediately. All right, as soon as I let the cat, I'm going to go ahead and put something in for the cat. So maybe I'm going to give the cat a lickety mat, mm-hmm. right? They can have a licky mat, something that they can lick and calm themselves. Give the dog something, right? Don't just leave it for them to like wonder who's going to do what. Go ahead and give them something to do in the presence of one another. And that can, can associate positivity and create some calmness between them two. Um, and I much prefer you do this without having the dog on a leash either. Mm-hmm. All right. So we don't want to hold the cat. We don't want to hold the dog. It's literally letting them have that capability of moving away from each other. So we got the playpen area should give the cat, even though the playpen area may be only about four feet, the beginning of the playpen area, there should be enough playpen area that the cat can get at least easily five or six feet away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to give them something to do. And, and on top of that, you could still be praising and rewarding. Right, you're still tossing in treats yeah. to both, um, and and really acknowledging their presence together as something that's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do this slowly, and I say slowly, it may be you do this three different times a day for about a week. You should start being able to, to decrease that distance between each other. I'm still not going to give my dog the chance to just run up on the cat and i don't want to give the the cat a chance to just run because we know if the cat runs mm-hmm. dogs on it yeah and the dog's going to see it as play and the cat's seeing it as survival yeah right so we want to make sure that we are setting up that scenario and of course making sure the cat has a safe place making sure the dog has a safe place yeah that's what i was going to say because our cats have the laundry room um, corridor corridored off um, with multiple litter boxes, toys, treats, food, water. But it's, you know, there's a baby gate. It's a um, dog-free zone. Yeah. Yeah. They can go decompress there if they choose. Because now Myers can get under the bed, so getting under the bed's not decompression. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's There are times where I'll look and, and Myers looks like he wants to go in his crate, and I'll look and Steve's in there. <laughs> we've had that issue uh with multiple dogs with steve going in their crates he loves crates like i would tell isabella when she she's not crated anymore but when she was I'd be like you know isabella crate and she's she just looks at me like i can't I and can't. dan did the same thing with steve i can't there's a cat there's a cat in my crate what i can't I step do? on the cat he'll eat me and all of our cats do have their nails all right so but they've never really used them to you know, oh, swat man. anybody, but you why, know, I, I, why I gave would you have some their nails I, taken. Ugh. I know, do not like declaws. Uh, Don't declaw. 
Um, our our furniture is not as nice, but that's okay. Then don't get a cat. I can I can handle that. It's it's fine. <laughs> you know, I interrupt Steve when I see him do it, but but thing is, is having that quiet place. And I gave I bought Myers a new crate, bigger crate, and the other one is on the other side of the bed. Mm-hmm. That's smaller, looks like a piece of furniture, so it's great. Um, that I gave to Steve, but Steve won't lay in that one. And I don't know why not, because it's definitely in a quieter place. He definitely just wants to be wherever the dogs are, let's be real. I think that's probably true. He's just, yeah. I mean. But but having them a quiet place is important, that they have somewhere where they can go, and they can feel safe. Um, and that's why in the beginning, when you have animals coexisting, and I could probably say this for bringing a dog into a dog home as well, Making sure everybody has a place they can go and decompress. Well, or bringing a child into a home with, I mean, yeah, there needs to also be a human free, like that should be a human free. Yes. Right. So everyone should be able to have their own, their own space. Absolutely. And it's funny because there are some families I'll go to to work with and their kid doesn't want the dog in their, in their room. Mm -hmm. And you know, and that's okay. There's, that's a there's good nothing teaching wrong with that. It's a, experience, absolutely right? to say, if you need that space, absolutely. Yep. We want to respect that. And, and when you have that type of space, no matter what kind of organism you are, I think that it, over time it starts to trigger that relaxation. Mm-hmm. And so being in a relaxed state like that, you can handle more things, right? So if a cat is relaxed, not feeling stressed out, then they're going to be able to handle that dog and Mm -hmm. handle kind of what you're trying to teach. Right. And of course, make sure that, you know, you do have enrichment items for your cat and that they have the opportunities to hunt and climb and scratch and and do those things without having to worry about the dog. Mm Because a lot of times I notice in some of the, in my clients' homes is I'll see like, the scratching post right where the dogs hang out. And so every time the cat gets over and starts scratching, gets worked up, the dogs get worked up. Mm-hmm. And Myers gets worked up a little bit sometimes when Indy does it, but she really likes the one she can jump on that's on the wall. That's mounted. It's yeah. mounted. So he can't reach that. And so she's completely safe up there mm-hmm. because when that scratching happens, that can get them worked up. Yeah. So in those situations, when a cat's getting excited, I'm going to immediately start praising my dog for having that control in those moments. Mm-hmm. All right. So when she's scratching and he's just noticing, but not barking or, or going over and getting that little pit bull attitude, <laughs> you know, it's good boy. It's a good job. Good boy. That's a good boy. Because you've got to teach them how to be around each other, right? We're not focused on how do we teach them to not run, not chase, not bark, not play too rough. No, let's teach them how yeah. to coexist. Um, I think a lot of times they struggle because they don't start it outright by just letting the cat out. Now, if it's a kitten, obviously, same thing. Kitten's going to be probably a lot more brave, a lot more <laughs> yeah. into things. But you got to be careful because a, a big paw can hurt Right. I mean, supervision, obviously, I mean, same thing we say, supervised children and dogs, dogs and dogs, adults and dogs. Right. I mean, supervision <laughs> is key, regardless of the interaction. Yeah, because I mean, how are you going to help your 
animals understand the appropriate behavior if you're not there to interrupt the inappropriate and then redirect to something more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and uh, we've got to stop leaving this to chance. I, I think so many times it's, what, it's just like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I, and I will tell you, I was, did not introduce any of my cats correctly. I've never done it correctly. I Steve we, was the closest. I think we did with Steve. But it wasn't even a seven days. No, we did Steve like two days. And then we're like, okay. Well, that's have the house. Day in was like, well, but also we had dogs who were very used. Well, I, I was talking about the other cats. That's what I was oh, thinking oh, oh. about. I didn't introduce the cats correctly. Oh, cats and cats. That's a whole. No, I think with the dogs we did. That's a whole different That I cannot help that, you. That we can't do. Mm-mm. We are not qualified to discuss. Mm-mm transitioning cats into a cat home no that is something but with dogs you're right our dogs different. were used to cats and we already had good control and knew the expectations and, and absolutely knew that they will get swatted in the face if they are yes <laughs> i mean and, they understand those communication signals and, and very well i will try so that comes to a point of go well do we just allow a kitten to swat a dog is that how we allow the teaching to happen and I don't think we should. Will it happen? Absolutely, mm-hmm. right? But if we start to see the little signs of a cat or a kitten, all right, I'm just going to use cat as general. If we can, if we see that cat being uncomfortable, it's our job to interrupt our dog if they're being disrespectful. Because even though cats don't communicate exactly like dogs, cats will use ignoring. They'll use head turns. They will turn away. They will do some of those things. And so if we see some of that, we need to interrupt the dogs mm-hmm. to help them be respectful of that. Because if we do that, then the cat will learn, okay, mom's got my back. Dad's got my back. They'll interrupt it. So I don't have to escalate yeah. to hissing, swatting, which then usually pisses the dog off. Right. Right. So we're waiting to become reactive to see how they're going to do instead of being proactive. So I like to look at it as... Yeah, if I see a, a puppy being obnoxious to the adult dog, I'm going to interrupt the puppy. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. I've got to make sure I'm I'm really on top of watching that body movement and, and that body language to see is the cat comfortable, is the dog comfortable, right? I mean, you see some of these some of these videos that I've seen; they're funny. Oh, the dogs are terrified, but the dogs are terrified of the cats, and it is funny when you look at it as a blank blanket mm-hmm. kind of. But when I look to go, that's not right. Mm-hmm. That cat's being a bully to that dog. And at some point, the dog's going to get tired of being a bully. And when they decide to retaliate, that cat is not going to fare well. Right. We can't just let it go like that. Yeah. We have to to really understand that we're asking these two animals to coexist that have very different personalities, very different needs and drives and desires just like when we do when we bring dogs into with kids. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's we're all different. We all see things differently. And the cats and dogs do the same thing. But we have to make sure we're meeting both of their needs and assuring that ensuring that we are teaching them both the appropriate behavior. And another thing that I have found I believe really works well to help them coexist. And, and I want to get your opinion on this because we didn't even talk about this before. Okay. I feel like feeding them at the same time. Now, we do kind of, we'll leave some food in the bowl for the cats. But I typically like to have, 
I have kind of always fed my cats on a schedule with the dogs. Right. Yeah. So they eat at the same time in the same general area where they can't really get to each other, but they're in the general area. So by doing that, I feel like it's helped them to understand that they are a part of the same family. Right. I think one of the worst things that you can do is free feed a cat. Yeah, because we don't we don't free feed. Ours. We don't free feed. Yeah. I, I think giving them three to four times a day to eat, they do need well because they need more to eat. Yeah, they need more opportunities. Yes. than dogs. Yes, for sure. But um, when yeah. you feed them on a schedule like that, and when I say schedule, it's loose. Obviously, loosely we feed twice a day. It's not always the same time. But I think that's really helped because they all come together and they all know, kind of we're a family. Oh, I mean, trust me, Indy lets me know in the morning it's time to eat and then the dogs come in and they're like guess it's time to eat indy said it's time to eat she's screaming guess it's time to eat time to eat uh yeah i mean i think that that can i think my concern about that is we are sort of lucky and we do get to feed ours in in such close proximity even though they do have a barrier yes um that's not realistic for everyone i recognize that but if it is like hey everybody's eating right now even if they're in separate parts of the house you know they can yeah because maybe that is some i mean because the animals are going to pick up on the environmental cues right right Right? i mean oh i hear the cat bowl being filled that means i get fed yes or because even cats will pick up on you know from if you feed them canned food They'll start to pick up on the pop at the top, and then they'll start mm-hmm. picking up on the cabinet you keep it in or the fridge. They'll start picking up and on dogs all those little cues. Do that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I can see how it's like, all right, dogs like beneficial for me because yeah. I'm getting fed right now too. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I mean, true. I, just, <laughs> I, I think it makes a difference because it's yeah. not when you have a cat who is, and again, I'm not. I don't understand cat behavior like I do dogs. I'm, I'm a pet. I'm a cat owner mm-hmm. with some knowledge in animal behavior. <laughs> but I I feel like that when you have a cat that you free feed, they don't have a lot of use for the human because they their food. I mean, obviously, they go where they feed me, right? They put the food in the bowl. But there's no real... Well, from a bonding bonding point, that's I think that's yeah. the word I was looking for. And well, and that's but that's something you also teach uh, dog guardians about free feeding dogs yeah. as well. Like, do not free feed. Like, this is a very important part of the bonding experience, like in the bonding process. You know, like you don't leave a toddler like a bowl of goldfish <laughs> out and just let them go eat it whenever. I whenever mean, you want, you it. know what I mean? I, like, right. there's. Feeding is a bonding experience. There is a bonding experience in feeding, and I think human parents will tell you that. Well, that first, regardless, I mean, think of, about it. Yeah, the kitten goes to nurse on the mother. Right. That's the bond, right? I mean, regard and regardless of what that feeding looks like, um, that's still there's still a bonding experience there. So, yeah, I I agree with with that aspect of it. Well, sure. I think it also helps the dogs to see since the dogs are such pack animals, right? Pack mm-hmm. mean that they just they're social creatures. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said pack animals. Social creatures. 
that if they see the cats are there as well, then they're going to understand more that the cat is not just a, a fun toy to play with, mm-hmm. that they're actually a part of the family and a part of the environment. Yeah. So I do think that it, uh, it can make a huge difference, not to mention that by feeding on a schedule, you'll know if your animals are eating because a cat, if they stop eating, they're sick. All right. So it's For like sure. we need to make sure For if sure. they're free feeding, you don't know. And by the time you notice a cat sick, it's really bad. Yeah. So I like to know if my animals are eating. But I do think, I just think that that really has made a huge difference. And, and even if you're, you know, having it in a separate room, it's fine. Just do it all at the same time. Yep. Right? Um, because it, it does just, I think it makes a huge difference yeah. with that. I agree. And of course, still lots of, of praising and acknowledging and good behavior around each other. And rewards. I mean, Steve... Yeah. When I get treats for the dogs, Steve comes, if it's a, like a certain treat, there's certain ones he loves, he comes screaming and he's like, I want mine. <laughs> and like, I'll have to yeah. sit there and be given like three treats, one to, you know, one to a dog, like we're trying to two to a dog and one to a cat. Myers not to bark at UPS driver. Meanwhile, Steve's like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, Steve's like, I'll I take the treat. I would like to have a treat just for showing just up. Just for showing up. Because cats don't just show up. Look That's right. Me. Look how, <laughs> look how lucky you are that I'm here. Uh, but I do, I think, and because even when Little Man came in, I, I could tell he probably had some prey drive. He was pretty, <laughs> he was pretty, uh, I, I have Isabella. His prey drive is higher than this dog, and whose job is to herd. freaking herd. But, <laughs> you know, and that, I'm glad you brought that up because here's another thing that I just thought of. She loves squirrels and birds, and she chases squirrels and birds all the time. She she will, has no intention of catching them, though. Is the weird thing. well when she caught the rabbit, it was one okay, bite well, and I done. I don't want to talk about that. But like with that the cat, so she knows the difference. I've seen her chase Steve or chase Gemma, right? And she always kind of pulls up. Uh huh. And I think a lot of people go, "Well, my dog has killed a rabbit, so they probably would kill a cat." Not necessarily. They're no. these are not stupid creatures. Well, here's the other thing. I was this just came to me. Um, I don't know who I was talking to this uh, talking about this with. Um, I just cleaned out our pond, and as I was cleaning it out the other day, there was a, this little tree frog hanging out there, and it was pissed because I was <laughs> spring cleaning his. I was spring. I was like spring cleaning his my house. dude. You were you were living in, in filth like sludge here. Of course, here. he's like, I'm a frog. I like sludge. This is gross. Like, let me give you some clean water, and now I'm gonna, like, be building like a whole frog uh, excellent sanctuary there, just so you know. But we have frogs in the back. To- toads. We have toads in the yes. back. That live under our deck. They have been here since we moved in. Yep. Same freaking toads. And every dog that we've had Every single met dog knows this toad, mm-hmm. Isabel did try to kill it the first time. She did time. not try to kill it. Did she? I think she only booped it. She, it was in her mouth. Okay, but she didn't try to kill it because she killed that rabbit in one bite. That's all I'm so, saying. But, but, so a toad. But what I'm trying to say here is the, the thing is we started our dogs around these toads because like, yes. for some reason I just have this soft spot for these <laughs> damn amphibians. And I'm like, if, if the cat's... The, the cats, cats don't even bother them. Freaking just coexist with them. It is so it's bizarre. It's weird because 
because they uh, hang out we've under had the mice deck. and moles brought in. But yes, you're right. No dead frogs. No dead frogs. No ever. dead toads. And so, but same thing with the dogs. I started rewarding them yep. when they saw it. Yep. Treats, treats, treats. You know, and again, that leave it command, like, all right, you're being a little disrespectful to Toad here. Yeah. Um, And now Isabella will sometimes, she'll just go kind of boop. Myers doesn't even care. Well, and I'm worried about him because, you know, he can get under the deck. He doesn't even. And I haven't really seen him with the frog yet. Oh, no, he's fine. Okay. He he goes nose to nose with it. And he's like, what are you doing, (laughs) man? But again, that's because I'm like, it's spring, summer. We're getting to that. They're yep. they're going to the ponds. Yeah. Um, and he can get under the deck. Yep. He doesn't go under there frequently, but I'm like, let's get our treats out. Yep. We're like, toads are friends. Every year. Toads are friends. Right. Not food. So it's like, we don't ever take it for granted. And no. that's, I think a lot of times we take good behavior for granted when we get used to it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we don't want to do with a relationship in the house of a dog and a cat or a dog and a frog or, you know, or a cat or a cat and a frog, right? Yeah. Because especially if you have, you know, the first six months of the relationship's great, but it's only been six months. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of relationships still there to yeah. develop. And if you're getting a young dog or a young cat, they're still growing and developing into their personalities. So continually rewarding that behavior is so important. And also knowing that, there are going to be new frogs yes. next year. Like, maybe you are fine with Fred. Yeah, right. And I mean, I, I know that sounds silly, and but it that really is something that we have <laughs> we have worked on. Is like, hey, I don't know which frog this is. Here's some treats. Right. Thanks for not messing with it. Yeah. Like, let it go be. They live here. Yeah. They're, part They're part of, of this, yeah. this home and this environment. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we don't have... The sort of uh, one we do enrichment, mm-hmm. so we don't have you know Myers as a terrier digging in the yard, destroying our yard to get moles, right? By and you know, I mean, because occasionally he will dig, but because we give him that outlet. The same with the cats; they're not super destructive to the ecosystem. No, because we make sure that. Yeah. One that's controlled. Yep. Um, you know, they get enrichment in other ways. And I think that's so important uh, to, <laughs> I love my birds. And um. and, I, and I agree. And, I, and there's some really great ways of giving cats outdoor space without sending them out to kill birds. Like, I mean, there are oh, some right, great right. enclosures that you can make. For sure. Um and I think the cats need it because I don't think they're definitely not meant to be in the house 24 hours a day, seven days no, a week. No. And, you know, I agree. And, 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 uh, you know, you just hate, but that's why you see, bird yeah. populations being destroyed well, because of domestic yeah. cats. Like but that's how I awesome. love to see some people that's have not like okay. things built on their walls and holes oh, in the man. walls where the cats can go through. Some and it's so cool. Or somebody, I'm all about it. If you don't want, if you got, man, if cat can't s- be out for that, then yes, have something. Saw somebody take out a whole window and just make it like this, like tertiary type yeah. thing. Where, and I'm like, that's really awesome. Like, good for you. Yeah. Uh, we are in a rural area and indoor outdoor cats is not a weird thing. Uh, it's, 
No, we have, they have friends. Um, <laughs> Indy had somebody spending the night, had a cat spend the night the other night. Boy- Nobody knew. She has a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. Nobody knew. Hope and um, the cats, uh, the dogs. Now, here's the thing. You let the dogs out and they chase that cat. So yeah, that poor cat so probably never comes see back. that they know who belongs here. Mm-hmm. And for them, it was that cat doesn't belong here. So, but they don't chase Binks. Who, no, uh, Binks is a neighbor. Our neighbor cat, cat doesn't chase. They like Binks. So, and that's the thing is, is like, we have to really help the, the animals that are living in the same house understand they are part of the same family. Mm-hmm. And just because they chase a neighbor's cat or chase a rabbit or chase a squirrel doesn't mean they're going to chase the cat or hurt the cat. Obviously, supervision, teaching appropriate behavior, um, safe places for the cat, safe places for the dogs. And only allowing that chase game to happen if we know the cat's part of it. Yeah. Because I do think our cats initiate it. Oh, absolutely. They do. And um, I think that if we just allow them to have... Don't, you know, in other words, don't freak out every time that your cat and dog are starting to now cohabitate, right? And they're being good. And the dog starts getting really interested in the cat. Maybe the dog starts bothering the cat a little bit more. Don't get mad at the dog, right? The dog's just trying to figure out how they're supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. Reward what you like and then just interrupt those things that maybe he's a little too pushy. But the biggest is don't make that negative association. Yeah. And also don't force it. No. You know, again, like going back to that blended family, don't don't force it. If if your cat feels safe, like in the bedroom, and you've got a good like, all right, make that setup perfect, like a like haven, yes. for your cat and the dog, or you know, wherever it is, like have an office where only the cat can be in there. Yeah. Okay, fine. If if that's what you got to do for safety. Then do that. Like, don't punish either one of them. No. They shouldn't have to be forced to cohabitate. No. But also, you know, you shouldn't force your partner to be like, well, I got to give up my cat. That's awesome. Exactly. That's not real cool either. No, it's not. Like, you're going to have to make some adjustments. But I think it, I think that the majority of them can be worked on. Yeah. But I think yeah. it honestly, and there are going to be cat people that really hate that I say this, but we have to to start training the cats more and stop putting it all on the dog. I mean, I when I hear it's like, well, my dog needs to learn how to be around the cat. Well, your cat needs to learn to not be swatting and hissing when the dog's just in the room. Your cat needs to learn to not run, right? So it's a it's it's a two-sided relationship and well, we your need cat to do things. Needs to know that they can trust you. Yes. And keep yeah. them safe and Yeah. They have an outlet and yep. enrichment and schedule feeding mm-hmm. with the dog. Maybe not in the same room, but maybe close. It's funny. Um, a lot of the enrichment sites like online or Instagram, like the, um, or Facebook, what am I trying to say? Accounts that are about enrichment. <laughs> social media. Social media. This is how why far was, away have you been from social media? Why social media? Why was that such a hard thing for me to say? Um, they include cats on there as well. Yeah. And and a lot of the products that we recommend for dogs, like the Lickety Mat, for instance, yep. very much for cats. Yep. I mean. Just get outside the box. Just start yeah. thinking. And you know what? There is more and more social media pages for cats out there. Right. And if you are having serious issues, reach out to a cat trainer. 
or a cat behavior consultant or a cat mm-hmm. behaviorist, because it's not fair that your cat lives in a misery, in a state of misery, right? If you are having problems. Isn't it funny that, is, is there such thing as an aversive cat trainer? I mean, I'm no, not talking about like big cat. I, okay. I know what you're talking about. Not talking about big cat. Like we're talking about domestic cats. Yeah, like big cats where like zoo, uh, zoos yeah. and circus and that bullshit. No, like, we're not going to abuse. No. Um, but, but I mean, like companion domesticated cats. I have never ever heard of anybody who works with cats using aversive techniques. You know why? Because that cat will kill you in your sleep. That's what I was like. That thing will slit your throat. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's funny because <laughs> they don't. It's like, I've never seen no. Um, but while we think, I would much rather hold a 150-pound dog when I worked at the vet than having to no deal one, with one five-pound cat. No one wanted like, Oh, my God. Like, oh, it was man. terrible. But that's the thing. It's I think we sort of uh, just expect cats to deal with shit. You know? Yeah, and, and like they're like, oh, they're independent. They can handle it. And they are to a degree. Absolutely. And so am I. But I also love to have help. And I love to have support. <laughs> And I love to have a partner and, you know, friends and people and social hour and things. And I like to be enriched. And I mean, I I think you're right. We don't look at cats the same way. The same way we look at dogs and we should. I've always looked at my cats as if they're another part of dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, I've told Steve that's enough when he's being an asshole. I've told Gemma when she's being an asshole to the other cat. Right. No, they are not dogs, but they need to have the same set of expectations. And we've we've really tried to work on that. So I, I, it's doable, but you have to get outside of the thought process that it's just the dog that needs to be trained. And you have to make sure that you're setting up areas and you have to make a point to work on it. It can't just be a willy-nilly, let's hope this works out. You got to make a point to work yeah. on it. And, and you've got to make sure that we're not punishing cats or dogs for being assholes to each other, that we're... we're you know, setting them up for success, teaching the appropriate behavior, giving them outlets with enrichment, giving them safe areas, safe zones and dog free zones, cat free zones. And, you know, making sure that we are truly being that upper management that Mm -hmm. we need to be, but it's doable for sure. And if you've, if you've kind of been, if you're now listening to this going, Oh crap, I've screwed everything up. No, you can start over, start fresh Go with what we talked about. Give your cat a safe place, um, a nice mesh playpen, something they can't get out of, but they can move away. Put a gate up so your dog can't approach. Give them something to do, maybe feeding their dinner through enrichment that way. Start making some positive associations. I, I do say that I don't recommend you ever put your dog on a leash with the cat around if the cat's going to be moving and so forth because if we have that tension on that leash and i say this mostly because people are so tense on a leash that they're going to inadvertently create frustration in their dog and like barrier aggression you can yes because that that leash is a barrier right so i much prefer having it to where there's we have um barriers in between Mm -hmm. but not a connected barrier if that makes sense yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's just... Um, not a restraint. Your, not a restraint. Yeah. Yes. Not a restraint. Um, even in the in the playpen, the cat can still move around and move mm-hmm. away. And vice versa. 
If you have a small dog that goes in the playpen, you can have the cat come around. That's fine too. But the problem is the cat's going to jump over the baby gate, right? You're going to jump over those things. So, but yeah, yeah I think, um, yeah, there you go. There's your dog and cat episode. <laughs> From people who are not cat behavioral consultants. I am not, but I love my cats. I am. I you love my cats. You are much more of a cat person uh, than I am. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm 50-50 at this point in my life. I was 51, 49, 51 being to the cats. But I'm back to 50-50. Yeah. I mean, so. I don't dislike our cats. No, I know you don't know, but you're definitely, you could, you could live without them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and growing up, I mean, we had, we always had cats, but they were barn cats. Yep. You know, I mean, living on a, on like farmland, basically, yeah. you know, it's like my dad was in, and it's funny. My dad is insanely allergic to cats, but he still has cats. They just can't come in the house. Yeah. But he will always have a cat. Yeah. He loves them. He thinks they're great. They are. <laughs> I mean, he just, he freaking loves cats. And I'm like, yeah, if I didn't have one, I'd be okay. And I know there are cat people right now who are like, I hate Brittany. And we're boycotting her. She I know. Never come back on the show. Like, oh, my God. Uh, but I do love our kitty cats. I, I do. I love our babies. They're great. I think they're good. My thing is, um, they're so great at like deep pressure therapy. Oh man, I do not like deep pressure I therapy. Love deep pressure for therapy. me, that is not good for my anxiety. I love it. Feeling crushed under the weight and the finger knives. And here's the thing: is that if they sleep on you, it's because they trust you, which they all do. Yes, they do. Which is great. I love them. Um, do you want to tell everybody what you were talking about at the very beginning of the episode before the music played about your little squishy wiener? <laughs> the stress wiener? Your stress, oh my God. stress wiener? Okay, so my company has squishy animals that are branded depending on, you know, the area that you're in. So we got dogs and pigs and cows and Every business unit has, like, little stress animals. So the last time I was in the home office, um, my coworker found a box of dachshunds. And she could not think of the word dachshund. <laughs> so she said, do you want a stress wiener? And immediately, like, regretted that decision. And no, HR was not called because she did not do that on purpose. Um, but... <laughs> Like she was like, that was so inappropriate. I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant. So anyway, yeah, I got my stress wiener over here. That's amazing. It's a little squishy dachshund. Well, and that's the, that was the. the whose leg just broke off. It's the second faux pas today because Julie's already called and was trying to say the word deer tick and it came out dick tick. So. I mean, they can't end up there. They can't end up there. And that's so. unfortunate. So. so there you go. Sorry. Sorry about that. So, aren't y'all glad she's back? All right, we'll see how long we got her for. Um, We appreciate you guys listening. I'm I'm throwing my squishy animals, my stress animals in the floor now. Lord, see, this is what happens when she comes back and does the episode with us. Well, I'm glad you're back. Well, thanks. And um, you guys just know that we still have, um, get on our Dog Speak Geek membership. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Uh, which we are actually calling it. We've decided to change the name. We're gonna we're gonna rename it a little bit. We're gonna add some things to it. Um, so those yeah. of you who are already part of that will 
we'll get an email. Oh, yeah, that. you'll get that. Yeah. But, um, we got but, our social hour coming up this Wednesday. Yeah. We started our scent work classes last week. Yeah, that's fun. I tell you, so it's um, we got a lot of great things happening. So be sure that you guys are following us on social media pages um, and um, sign up for the newsletter. And you've got a summit. I've got the summit. So, um, yeah, so we I just did a summit last week, an interview for professionals. And what is it? The Dog Owner Summit. That uh, starts next week. Yep, I'll put the information up on yeah. um I'm the talking socials. communication. Yep. And uh, here's the thing, guys. If you sign up for that summit and you listen to my interview, you can then be able to email us and you will get the communication seminar that's online that we recorded live a few weeks ago. Yep. You get it for free if you sign up for the Dog Owner Summit. Hey, hey. And you get in that. Then you can uh, contact us and you get the free communication seminar. Otherwise, y'all can get on there and you can pay for it. But it's the new version that was uh, recorded live a few weeks ago. All right. Um, Britt's going to, is over here looking at her squishy wiener and is making a funny face. So I think now is the time um, to, to check out because things just got really weird over here. I just realized they made the stress wiener anatomically correct. Okay, guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of the <laughs> oh, week. Oh, no. That's.